Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. So grateful that you're here with us. We have a really a really cool guest with us. Um, we're going to talk all about networking and career and success and leadership and just so many things. And um, I, lo- I love one of these. Here's a little, just a piece of information, how to achieve without overcommitting. <laughs> oh, boy, do I need to hear that. Anyway, so we have Brian Hilliard with us. You can visit him on his website at brianhilliard.com. Uh, he is the author of the best-selling book, Networking Like a Pro, with our really good friend, Dr. Ivan Meisner, uh, who our hearts uh, go out to. He just lost his wife, Elizabeth. And um, so we're thinking of him today as we bring Brian on our show because Brian, hello, Dr. Ivan Meisner connected us together. He and most, here we he go. Most certainly, he most certainly did, and thank you for having me. This is, uh, you know, this is something that I've definitely been looking forward to. I appreciate you letting me be on the show and uh, just kind of chatting it up a little bit. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I have, I, I didn't know you before, and I am a huge champion fan of you. I love your work, and it's such an honor to have you here with us. And uh, I'm not going to open the phone lines, everybody, but if you want to tweet us at best ever you. Brian, are you on Twitter? I can't remember. I am. I am. But I think it is, I want to say it's just Brian Hilliard because I, we were kicking around uh, putting my middle initial in there. I will confirm <laughs> that in a nanosecond. But, yes, I am. Okay. Okay, so we'll get, we'll get that. But you can t- um, tweet me at best ever you with your questions. Um, do me a favor, don't call my home phone and don't call my cell phone. <laughs> it rings during the show. Sometimes people do that. Um, but you can call into the show too um, at 646-787-8537 and press one and we could take questions if you want. So uh, Brian, you are a graduate of Duke University. Um, let's just go there for a second. That's a hard school okay. to get into and graduate from. Oof. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you what. I graduated uh, back in the 90s. I, I tell my girlfriend, Duke was the only experience where you had to shoot your way in and out because oh. it was one of those things where you, you alluded to this. It's a tough school to get in. Okay, they don't just let anybody in. I don't know how I got in. Obviously, there was a mistake. But then once I got in, boy, you got to stay in. And yeah. I actually think it was harder staying in than it was to get in. Um, but, you know, I will tell you this, that allowed me to make some different adjustments and come up with some different ways of doing things um, because it really taught me how to learn and it taught me how from there to be successful, which I think I've been using in my business, you know, obviously years afterwards. What, um, tell, take us back. How did you get to this moment, like right now doing what you're doing? Did you always know you're going to do this? Like as a little kid in kindergarten where you're like, I am Brian and I'm the ultimate networker, success, leadership, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been who you are right now? Did you want to do something else along the way? Take us, take us mm-hmm. through your journey a little bit. No, that's totally fine. And just FYI, before I forget, the Twitter is Brian M. Hilliard. I I wasn't sure if we put the M in there or not. Um, But in terms of the actual journey, yeah, so my mom is a motivational speaker. um, And, you know, back in when my brother and I, my brother, younger brother, Aaron, when we were growing up, um, you know, my mom was traveling and my dad was obviously working as well, but my mom was traveling. And we grew up in an environment where it was, you know, you would answer the phone and you would tell people that, you know, your mom is not there or you would, you, it would be a very business uh, professional, you know, deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, I grew up with that. Now, in terms of when I went to school, I went to school with an economics major, marketing minor. Um, and no, I actually did not have that intention. Now, I was talking about I graduated in, what, 95. So at that time, the Internet wasn't even around. 
Um, it wasn't something where people were like coaching or really the only speaker I knew was my mom. The only entrepreneur I knew was my mom um, versus today, you know, kids, I know you have some sons, obviously they probably know three dozen entrepreneurs, you know, but, but when I was their age, I didn't. So I just went, I worked at corporate America, a couple of uh, corporations, GE capital and Equifax. And then in 2001, you know, got my license and got after it. Um, started writing and, excuse me, started speaking. Um, my, one of my first big engagements was down in Houston and, um, you know, started writing some books and things like that. I didn't start coaching until 2003. It was like two years, maybe 2004. I don't know exactly. 2003, 2004. Um, and now, you know, like you said, kind of fast forward later, I am now on, uh, do my own podcast as well, Brandon Girl, Your Coaching Practice. Um, I've written seven books, including two with Dr. Ivan Meisner. And, um, you know, coach a lot of people on what they can do to expand their reach and get their message out to a wider audience. Um, and I love it. I, honestly, the, this is the, the single best decision that I've made. I'm a spiritual person, so indulge me for a second, but the, the single, best, the single best decision I made was actually go, going out and getting baptized again. The second best decision I've made in my life was starting my own business. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I think it's the best decision I made. And I think it's, That's it's just one of the best is. decisions you've made, too. And that is just how it is, isn't it? Um, yep. And I want to, I know, I want to do this real fast. I want to spell your name so people um, have this. It's B R I A N, B R I A N H I L L I A R D dot com. And on Twitter, there's an M in the middle of that. Do I have it right? That's exactly Perfect. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. BrianHilliard.com. Yeah. At, well, I I just want to. I think I want to ask you about success because I know okay. from this is going to go a little personal, but just from owning my own business for a very long time and you, you can feel alone. You can feel like you're not reaching enough people doing enough successful. Right. You know, you can get all that going. How right. do you um, get, how do you deal with that? How's that? How do you deal with yeah, that? Yeah, like the lull when when so you're going and then it's just kind of this kind of lull in the in the in the deal. Um, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is, and this is not my quote, but I really enjoy it. Success is not a straight line endeavor. Okay, success is not a straight line endeavor, and I think a lot of people. Um, certainly in Western culture, and I'll specifically say the United States, we love having a conversation about the self-made man. Oh, I just did all this, and I just – we love having this conversation about the self-made man, okay? And that's not been my experience. You know, my experience is that when the student's ready, the teacher appears. I can speak from personal experience with that, where I'm actually – one of the things I'm doing to get myself out to a wider audience is I'm tackling Facebook ads for the third time, okay? And I've got different people helping me. I've got two coaches actually helping me with that. Um, and we're finally getting something that, that we feel makes sense. But at the end of the day, I think if you had brought that to me, the Facebook ads, if you had brought that to me even last year, I would have been like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Okay, so I think when you're talking <laughs> yeah. specifically about the law, I think a couple things come to mind in my mind. Number one, what I just said, success is not a straight line journey. So you're going to have to, not you personally, but the body politic, the sure. people listening, they, they, need to list, they need to understand that there's going to be some laws, and you have to expect that. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing, then, is, you know, uh, my girlfriend, Deb, likes to talk about a, being resilient. Okay, she likes having a conversation about resiliency and mindset, and I agree with that. I think that when you are, you know, I'm a sports fan. I know you said your sons. I don't know if all of them play baseball, but certainly one or two. Um, so from a sports perspective, you have this idea of, when you are going out, it's kind of like playing a road game. I'm a basketball man. It's kind of like playing a road game in the NBA. There are no easy road games in the National Basketball Association. And I don't care who you are, if you've got LeBron James on your team or where you're playing that night. If you are on the road, especially out west, you, they catch you slipping for a second. So you have to understand that when you're building a business or when you're building, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do success-wise, um, that you have to have the right mindset. 
okay? And, and there's a resiliency factor, getting back to Deb's point, there's a resiliency factor that when it goes down, you've got to come back up again. And then number three, and you hear this a lot, and I, I agree with it, you have to have a plan for, the, for that success. Like what exactly – I'm a process man myself, so whenever things start going pear-shaped for me, I actually go back to my game plan. What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? What is the process that I have in place? What's not working? Oh, by the way, let's not take it personally because we already knew that we're, you know, back to my analogy, we're playing on the road. Stuff happens when you're on the road, okay? Right. What is it that I can expect to be able to move forward and make an adjustment? And that was something, you know, I remember reading this a long time. Yeah, I remember reading. You just a long said something. I gotta write it down. Hang on one second. I gotta write you sure. down. <laughs> Keep going. I remember down. I was watching something a while back, and they were talking about um, football, professional football. And they said there's two types of coaches in the league. There are your uh, Tuesday through Saturday. So for your listeners, Sundays is when we play professional football here in the United States. We're talking American football. Okay, yeah. Tuesday through Saturday coaches, and then there's Sunday coaches. And I was like, that's interesting. They're like, the Tuesday through Saturday puts a lot of time in the game plan and an A plan, and then on Sunday hopes for the best, you know, makes sure that they hope for the best, and usually the plan wins or sometimes it doesn't. She says the Sunday coaches are the ones who still put in a game plan, but they're willing to adjust. They adjust from half to half, from quarter to quarter, depending on how often they're, you know, really getting into it, from offensive series to offensive series. At the time, I would have characterized myself as a Tuesday through Saturday coach. I didn't like that. I decided to start seeing myself as a Sunday, a Sunday game day coach. So you talk about how do you get past your – question. I start looking at what is what kind of adjustments do I need to make? I always look at it in terms of adjustments versus I'm not being successful. No, 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 no. I'm not just getting what I want to right now. Question, what kind of adjustments do I need to make to move forward? Oh, I love that. And I oh, I don't know if you heard yourself say this. I bet you did, but don't take it personally. Uh, yeah, because it's, it gets yeah. hard when something doesn't do what you think it's going to do to not wrap yourself up on a, you know, in a blanket on the couch, especially right now and think you just completely right. are, you know, terrible at this or whatever. Well, you, you, you know what it is, if you don't mind me interjecting for a second, because this is a good point, if you don't mind, I think this is a good no, point No, please, it's, a, it's supposed which, to be a conversation which, back which and is forth. This idea, which is this idea that a lot, the reason why, in my opinion, the reason why people get into trouble is because they look at it as they look at project as like a personal referendum as to their own self-worth. Yeah. Okay. Very and they're true. like, Oh, well, right. Oh, well this yeah. works. So I'm good. Oh, this didn't work. So I'm not good. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, and here's what I tell people and I'm a nice guy. So like I am a nice guy, but I will yeah. tell you, I know that I'm successful. And I don't need to see whether or not I signed a client up today, yesterday, or the week before to, 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 to confirm that. Got it. Like, I already know I'm a good guy. I already know that I'm successful. I already know, you know, whatever. And, and one of the things that this gets to a little bit larger point, one of the points I make during my workshops, I, I talk a little bit about this, key principles for high-performance stuff. And, and one of the things that, that I talk about is this idea of, I think success is a conversation about commission and omission. Okay, so just indulge me here for a quick second, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. We think in terms of commission. We think Western we. We think in terms of commission, Americans usually. We think in terms of commission. I need to do something to be successful. I need to do something in order to, to be a success okay, or to move down that road of success. And that's certainly true. You can't just sit at home watching NBA League Pass and hope for the best and expect to get a million dollars. That's probably not going to happen, okay? But what you can do is you also have to think in terms of success in terms of omission. What is it that I'm not doing? So if successful people through commission, they are planners, and successful people are go-getters and action takers, just for sake of discussion, okay? Whether or not everyone agrees with that, I think that's true, but whatever. I would also say that successful people are things, they don't watch a lot of television. They don't do a lot of gossiping. And here's the point for the, the, the punchline. They don't get down on themselves when things don't work out. Omission. 
And mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of, it's almost like I don't know enough about art to be able to say, I'm sure there's listeners who do, but it's kind of like, you know, I learned this from a client. You know, there's only, so you have different art forms, right? You've got, you've got music, you've got dancers, you've got this, that, and the other. I won't put you on the spot because it's a really hard question, but I'll just throw it out there for the listeners. What's the, if not the only art where it's actually a conversation about omission versus commission? All right, so I'll just throw it out there. All right, here's the answer. The one piece of art where it's about omission versus commission is sculpting. Ryan, why? Because the sculpture that you buy is the result of what's left versus when you're drawing, it's what you put down. When you're doing music, it's what you put down. When you dance, it's what you put down. When you do writing, it's what you put down. Sculpting is the only one where it's the opposite. It's what you take. The, the skill in the sculptor is not what you put down. It's what you take away. That's cool. A lot of ways success is like that. That's really, I'm, thank you. I needed to hear this because I, sure. I uh, just had, you know, I, 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 there was something I heard the other day. Somebody said, you know, what's the definition of success? And it's not the projects you put out and, and, and so forth, but rather, I thought this was kind of interesting. You know, you're not remembered project by project, but you're actually remembered by like all the different lives you touch and kindness toward uh-huh. people and how you helped other people. You know, the, 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 maybe more so the actions you took. Do you, do you agree um, with that? I would say, I would say it was, if, if you're asking me what I would say, I would say it sounds more like the body of work and the manner in which people felt with you. The way it's been yeah. explained to me is success is a conversation around how people feel with you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's less, it's less about doing and more about how that – it's actually less about doing and more about being. You know, so for me, I can just speak for myself in this. I, I have a – I believe I have a being a sense of calm, a sense of, you know, uh, straightforwardness. I consider myself a straightforward, straight shooter, man of integrity, man of my word. Um, You know, I feel that I have a sense of calm about me. I am not an excitable person, although when I'm watching sports, then that's a different story. But like, I don't consider myself an excitable person, you know what I mean? But, But when you're looking at, success, what happens is there is this laser-like focus that needs to happen. I get after it. I am a type A personality. That does not change. Okay. But with that, I think we talked about this. I live down in North Carolina now, and I used to live up in the Northeast 25 years ago, grow up in Connecticut. Um, You know, obviously hung out in in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Northeast. And that doesn't go away. So there is going to be that level of, for lack of a better term, toughness or physicality or whatever you want to call it. And, but at the same time, you know, you want to come from, I, I'll say myself, I want to come from a place where people feel comfortable and people feel like they can be around me and people can feel engaged and warm and heard. Like that's success too. That's success too. And, and that's back to the commission-omission point again, in my opinion. It's less of what you do, commission, and it also can be what you don't do. So pissing people off, ooh, that might be a bad one. I know we got kids listening. So making people upset, making people upset, making people upset, okay? You don't want to do that, okay? No. You want to be able to You want to be able to have this where people are able to come out, hear what you have to say. And, again, the way it was explained to me is that they feel good with you having been met. Mm, love it. We have, um, we have callers and questions and things like that, but I think I'm going to kind of keep going with some of the things that we, we sort of talked about. I love sure. this. Um, pay, like the, I know everybody right now is like, how, how do I make money doing this or that from home? I'm adjusting right. and I, whatever. There's just so much going on right now. So let's, let's help people out like that. So, Let's just okay. say that um, you have a website, uh, maybe a new website even. Maybe you don't even have a website. I don't know. But you've got clients. Okay. Uh, is there any way that you would recommend to get a like a more steady stream of those paying clients so that you don't maybe just right. have like one or two, but you have 10 or whatever it is? 
Um, right, so right. So, yeah. so that's a good question. And, and you're right. I think a lot of people right now, um, they're just feeling, they're feeling maxed out. Um, so what I always tell, so I've been doing this since 2001. Um, and for me, you know, I came in right when the internet was going mainline. Okay. We had, I mean, I remember AOL. I actually remember buying stock in AOL. Okay. So no, I, like, and that was a new I, thing. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm 51. Right? So yeah, same thing. Like yeah, the dialogue. Yeah. So I, re- I, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. I remember that. So for me, you know, I, I tell people today it's much different. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things going on. So how do you stand above the noise? How do you get, you know, out there if you have a website, or t- you know, and you've got maybe a client or two? Okay, first of all, you have to get a clear, consistent marketing message. You have to understand what it is that you're telling these people. What I tell people is, so like if somebody asks me what I do, I say, well, what I do is I specialize in working with uh, service professionals to help them expand their reach and get their message out to a wider audience without being pushy, salesy, or otherwise over the top. That's pretty straightforward if you don't mind me saying. Like either you like it or you don't, but like it tells people what you do. So you want to have an understanding of what you do in terms of a clear, consistent marketing message. The spoiler alert for that is that you want to make sure that you understand what people are buying from you. So if you're thinking, oh, well, I'm a life coach, or if you're thinking, oh, well, I'm a speaker, motivational speaker, or if you're thinking, oh, I'm a, you know, whatever, XYZ service practitioner or consultant, what is it that people are buying from you? For me, they're buying the ability to get more business, reach a wider audience, and to get beyond their local network. That's what they're buying from me. Okay, so that's step one. Step two is then you need to be able to organize that way in a paid service offering. All right, well, Brian, what does that look like exactly? Well, let's say I'm a coach. That might be a a package that I have, one-on-one sessions. It's X number of dollars, and here you go. All right, let's say you're a speaker. Well, that might be a paid speaking. You know, I talk a lot about getting paid to speak because that's also part of expanding your reach. And what I tell people there is you have to have a speech or a presentation that people understand. One of my popular ones is how to overachieve without overcommitting. You alluded to that earlier. And it is really good. People like that. And the value proposition with that is that they're going to figure out how to get stuff done without killing themselves in the process. So you have to have a paid service offering that incorporates what it is you're telling people that you can do from step one. And then step three, so that was step two, and then step one. Step three, then, is just propagating that out to the field. That's letting them know, I call that becoming a trusted authority. Uh, It's leveraging social media. I'm doing some Facebook ads right now. It's public speaking. I've alluded to that. It's getting that message. It's podcasting. It's getting that message out there in in an area that allows them to be able to see where you're coming from. And the biggest mistake I see people make when they're starting out or even later on when they're trying to go from, say, two clients to 10 or whatever, two to five even, is that they have a general idea of what they do, and people have a vague sense of awareness of who they are, but there's nothing that is real clear and specific that makes people pull out their checkbook. People pull out their checkbooks for a solution to a problem that they are facing. They don't pull out their checkbooks for a fireside chat with somebody who they feel is knowledgeable in a certain area. And I always tell people when you get a clear, consistent marketing message up front, along with a organized paid service offering, you should be okay. Yeah, I like that. That's that's the you know, that's one of the first times I've ever heard that that clearly explained. Do you, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> no, I, I really. Uh, you, there's always some twist or something. That's that's super clear where people can really understand that. So thank you for that. Uh, that's mm. that's one two three. Do you always do that? Like one two three. Not four, five, six, seven, um, eight, you know, nine, my manager, my, my manager at Equifax, his name was Dennis, 1997. He actually was the first person, or 98. He was the first person who told me that. He says that human beings can think in terms of threes, generally speaking. Four, I guess he was referring to a study or something like that. The fourth and fifth thing we have a problem with. That's why in this country, like you do your social security number, zero, 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 threes. That's just yeah. how it works. That's how our brains function. All right, hang on one second. I'm caller from 615 area code. I'm going to open up the phone line, and if you just want to listen, that's fine, but I am going to ask if you wanted to ask a question, so hang on. Hello, um, caller in the 615 area code. Did you want to ask a question, or are you just listening? 
Um, I actually, you you backed me into a corner. I want to make a statement, but before I make a statement, I want to first give kudos to my guy for uh, being in the industry for so long. Um, I missed the dot-com era, but when this viral marketing thing came out, I jumped on every social network anybody sent me. I got 5,000. Mm-hmm. Know, I want to give you your props, too, for having this platform, Queen. You're saying a really... Uh, you're making a real impact on the voice recognition software because everything's on the cloud now. The internet is on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My question to you is, with this virus being what it is, and the media, uh, more computers, and people are running around with $20,000 computers in their hands back in the days when I was growing up, and you, uh, when you wrote basic code, it was green and black on the computer, and if you had to get an email, you had to physically be in front of the computer. So, now everybody has instant access to it. So my question is, um, with you being in it for so long, what do you think how the social media, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram is playing into the actual de- uh, delivering of the media, the videos, the podcast, and everything? How do you feel those things connect the dots to each other, like for the, for the new people that don't really understand how it works? What a thoughtful question. Oh, thank a, you for calling in. That's a, yeah, thank you for that. That's a really good question. Let me rephrase it just to make sure that I got it right, and then I'll answer it. So as I heard it, I believe what you're saying is there's different pieces of the puzzle. We'll call it Twitter and just social body politic, but you've got these different pieces of the puzzle. How do you pull all that together? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. It's a little bit long answer, but I'm going to give you the short answer here the best I can. Uh, The short answer is that you have to start with what your message is going to be. So we've already covered that, okay? Then once you get into the distribution platform and the different mechanisms, I tell people just pick one or two. So for me, I'm a LinkedIn man, and I have a Facebook group. Okay, and by the way, if it's okay, I'm going to put a plug out to my group. Um, it's be, it's expand your reach and uh, expand your reach and get out to a wider audience. Facebook group, Brian Hilliard. So I actually have two things. Okay, so I do LinkedIn and my Facebook group. Um, I actually, that's not true. I also do a podcast. So what am I talking about? But when you're starting <laughs> off, I would say pick two things. I would yeah. say pick two things. And, and then from there, what you do, Russell Brunson talks about nail it and then scale it. If you haven't heard of Russell, you're going to want to take a look at that. He's got a few books out. Um, the one I'm reading right now is called Traffic Secrets. The one preceding that is called Expert Secrets. I would recommend both of them. All right. So Russell says you want to nail it, then scale it. Fine. So what you do is you get your platforms nailed down of what it is that you're in your message, and you get that nailed down, and then you just propagate it. Now, for it depends on what kind of business you're in. I don't really use a lot of Twitter, as was obvious from I didn't know my Twitter handle initially. You could tell I don't use it. <laughs> all right. right. Okay. Yeah. But no, it's all right. That's fine. But, like, I do do a lot on Facebook. I'm getting into Facebook ads now. So there's not really a right or wrong answer in terms of which platforms you should use. Pick two. Ask a few of your clients if you already know. Ask a few of your prospective clients if you don't have them right now. Where do you guys hang out? You know, I would recommend if you're going trying to get to businesses, LinkedIn. If you're trying to get to consumers, Facebook. um, And then pick a second one after that. Uh, but that's how I, that's what I recommend, um, and that's actually what I did. Does that help answer your question? That was some great wisdom, and I have one more question that I have out of the way. Uh, with going into 2021, <clears throat> we have more access to information than ever before. We digest some information at 280 characters every five seconds at the speed of light. Uh, what kind of technology do you see that the uh, regular civilian because I, I feel like uh, this award when you get on the internet and do it at a high level, like I've been doing it for 23 years. But uh, what what kind of uh, technology do you see coming about? Anything that's caught your eye, per se, to help generate more uh, revenue? Okay, that's another good question. So let me restate it again. Um, we're looking at the being able to kind of stand out from the crowd a little bit, a technology specifically, and you got into the lower, the, the, the 280 character attention span that is the United States. 
all right, so let me unpack that a little bit. As far as hard technology is concerned, um, I am not the guy for that. I hate to say that. I am, you know, I'm still using my Samsung Android 7. I've got a computer here right now. I swear to God, I am looking at a computer that I've been using for 15 years. It's a desktop, and it still works. So I am not the guy to talk to about hard technology um, in terms of platforms and stuff like that. Um, I just use what works. I know for me, I use for my videos, I just use my phone. I got an Audio-Techna microphone so that I can have videos taken outside um, so that they can hear it. I do know that, that when you're trying to get your message out there and you're trying to get your, you know, trying to get your message out there and be able to do so in a way that people will, you know, actually stand above the noise, videos is definitely the way to go. I know that. And they need to hear you. Okay, as far as the 280 culture, tech character culture that is our United States of America, um, here's your deal with that. Everybody has time for something that's important to them. Everyone has time for something that's important to them. Our job as business owners and service practitioners is less about, if you don't mind me saying respectfully, our job is less about finding what the best technology is and what the best thing is and more about how can we fit and have a problem, uh, excuse me, a solution to a problem that our constituency is facing. If you were to tell me, like, for example, when I was doing uh, fantasy basketball, you know, I'm, I'm listening to stuff, I'm watching press conferences, I'm trying to get into the playoffs, which I did, by the way, if you don't mind me saying, first year. Congratulations. And, thank you. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm listening to all of this stuff. Now, did I have time for that? No. Did I make time for that? Yes. Why? Because it was important to me. Okay, everyone has time for something that they are that's important to them. So I would actually say, if you don't mind me saying it this way, I would say less focus on trying to get the technology, more focus on what it is that your message is, and then getting to the idea of think of it like bait in the water. Go in, put your best bait on the thing, okay, throw it in the water, and then have the people come to you. Now, if that's not enough for you to call an audience and to make a living out of, well, then we have a different problem. But I find that when you put it out there and people come to you, you're actually in much better shape. You know, I feel, can I ask something? Oh, I, I, I want to yes. add something to that, too. Um, you know, one of the – so I'm 51. I said that. And I'm kind of like you, Brian. Like, I've got my phone. I've got my computer. I've got this and I have that. But, you know, the younger crowd – um, knows their stuff and technology and so forth. And so like, even on best ever you, uh, my son um, is quite Garino it extraordinaire. And if you have a question about technology or anything like that, he would be happy to help okay. you. Um, he is the, just ask somebody younger. They, they can type faster and <laughs> they know the phones yeah. and know the this and they know the video games and all of it. And um they're just really interesting. The other thing I would say is I love hashtags. Um, hashtags. Mm, that's you a post. really good point. Oh, I love Amen. hashtags so much. And I, I, I used to not get it. And I, I think there's even a video of me that exists where I'm like, I don't use them, <laughs> but now I do. And I think it's really important to have your own hashtag so that people know your brand, um, whether it's hashtag Brian Hilliard or like you can go anywhere right. in any social media and click hashtag best ever you and you'll find all of our posts and things like that. But also a hashtag that wraps you up into the bigger crowd. So like I might do hashtag best ever you, but I might also hashtag self-help or personal development or um, somebody else's name like Brian Hilliard today or whatever. Um, and then right. the other thing, the other thing I was going to say to kind of add on there is, you know, Brian, you're, you were talking about how it's, you know, everybody's selling something and making time for you or themselves. You know, everybody will make time for themselves. We all feel like we're so right. important. But it's such right. a special feeling when somebody else makes time for your stuff. So right. make sure you're out there like for every I have this rule and I've had it for a really long time for every like one thing I put out there about myself. I make sure and follow up with at least five things for other people. Right, right. A retweet, a like, a buy. I, I love to support other authors and buy their books and review them on Amazon. So like getting more involved rather than just pushing stuff and content out into the universe. 
Right. That's good stuff. I think that's exactly right because what happens is you want to come from a place of how is it that I can serve? You know, we've talked about this, I think, before. I don't know if it was today or last week when we talked, but the idea that when you are – this is wrapping back to success – uh, I want to say Jim Rowan. Somebody old school said, I don't know if it's Bob Proctor or Jim Rowan, so I apologize. But it was the <laughs> idea that and how much you care for them, then they will wind up caring for you. And you have this scenario where if you want to be successful, again, bringing it back full circle, you want to come from a place of uh, adding value. You want to come from a place of being able to really move people forward. People, you know, they're like, well, Brian, what motivates you to be successful? You know what motivates me to be successful? What motivates me to be successful is winning games. That's what motivates me. I love winning games. Brian, what does that mean exactly? I love watching clients get more clients. I love watching people get more exposure. I love being able to have some of the different things that are associated with that. Now, as far as, um, you know, you hear it's collateral damage, this would be collateral benefit. As far as the collateral oh. benefit is, obviously, I like Good to be able to have the, po- the positives that comes from that. Obviously, I like to be able to get the money. Obviously, I like to be able to buy the things. But what motivates me is not the money. What motivates me is the result. My result? No, their result through me. Correct. Correct. And <laughs> that is a, what allows me, for me, Brian Hilliard, that's what allows me to achieve the degree of success I believe I've had. Well, can I, I'm going to make one more statement, and I'm going to move out the way. And I know airspace is precious. I was three months carried into a radio station. Uh, my name is Pastor Non-Junior CEO. I've been in the entertainment industry for 23 years. I helped Barack Obama get elected. I work for the American Basketball Association and a whole lot of Fortune 500 companies. And um, mm-hmm. I've been pastoring for 17 years. I live in 40 out of 50 states. So I say that to say to you, uh, I need you on the winning team, man. I could, I have, out of after living in 40 out of 50 states, I've collected 300 people who's all entrepreneurs, business owners, record label executives, uh, Joe Smoke Blow working at the garbage. Everybody has an idea. They either have the idea and don't know how to get it out there, or they don't know who to take it to to get the right resources to give them the budget they need to get out there. So I connect right. that. But however, the biggest awesome. key thing is I try not to put my hand in everybody's catalog where I'm right. signed to a contract because it, it, it locks you into these non-disclosure agreements and it's a sad situation. However, what you said is true because, oh, it's three dimensions going on. It's the regular world that we live in reality. It's the universal world. Where we speak it out of our mouths. There's a lot of power in your tongue. And it's the spiritual world that we pray to, the Father, Son, and Holy yes, Spirit. Sir. So the, the whole idea is these three dimensions are constantly moving simultaneously and it's hard to catch time and space, but biggest thing is by you being matter, you're able to make a change by just changing your perspective. That's why I love what you say, collateral benefit. And brother, you love are that. really on to something. I'm going to have to yeah. definitely reach out to you. If you could pass my number along to him, that would be great. Or, I, will. Or, no, I, 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 I don't have also, anything to write with and I'm at work. And if I wasn't fine. at work, that's fine. I'll just I'm say, out here at Amazon say, on my lunch break. I just happened to catch your show, but this is great. I'm really enjoying No, that's, I, I appreciate that. You can also, and that's fine. I'll definitely give you a call. That's fine. Elizabeth said she's writing it down. Fine. Got it. Um, the, the other thing is that, you know, when you're talking, the, talking about success, Elizabeth, my brother made this point. He was listening to something from like Neil Tyson something. You know, the, it's like the, the thinker type guy, Neil Tyson something. And he was saying, he says, listen, if you didn't know that three dimensions exist, right? So let's say we see three dimensions right now. He says, if you didn't know three dimensions exist and you only know that there's two dimensions, okay? He says that you put an apple down on the thing. You know how an apple's got like a square, right? It's on the very bottom, it's like a square. And you would see the four corners. And you're walking around and you're on the table, you see this giant apple. And you're like, wow, that's interesting. But you wouldn't know it was an apple, would you? You would look at the first corner and be like, that's interesting. You look at the second corner, third corner, and the fourth corner. Remember, you can't look up because there's no three dimensions. You don't know it exists. You only know two. So what you perceive as something as being in your face and right there as four separate things, if you had access to the third dimension and could look up, you would recognize that it's being part of a greater whole. Okay, Brian, why do you bring that point up? I think that's exactly what people and the mistake people make when they come to the law of attraction and the spiritual. 
I think we're so busy looking in the figurative world of what we say and what we think and what we, 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 that if we would figuratively look up and we talk about law of attraction, Bob Proctor, the secret, we talk about things that will bring success to you, Jack Canfield, success principles. We talk about some of the things that allow you from a mindset standpoint, that would be um, Tony Robbins definitely and the guy from Darren Hardy, that these guys talk about. Okay, then you look up and you realize that it's not back to the point, not a conversation about do, do, do all the time. It's a conversation about stepping back. It's a conversation about being. It's a conversation about flow. It's a conversation about allowing. It's a conversation about resting so that you can allow more. And that's how you get, in my opinion, that's how you can become successful. What, um, uh, boy, that's. Thank you for calling in, by the way. I really appreciate you yeah, being part you. of our show. And I'm so grateful that you that you contributed in such a positive manner um, and and brought the conversation. That was a neat – he brought great points to the conversation, didn't he, Brian? Yeah. I, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sitting thought, here. I'm like, man, I know, I'm, you know, know, I'm cool. glad I talked to my brother the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so I'm going to – we'll keep going. It's so funny. Um, how – how do you, how does Dr. Ivan Meisner fit in? Because your your book okay. that you wrote together is networking like a pro. So I assume in yep. all of this too, I have two questions here. You love to network, okay. but then my next question is: This is one of the things that I am struggling with as as my community okay. grows and grows and grows and grows. I am getting frustrated that I can't fully. I'm trying. I hate the word I can't, but I'm going to say it like that. I'm having trouble okay. connecting with people to the level with which. You know, like I'd love to spend an hour with each person or two hours with each person or a day with each person. And it's so hard because the community's gotten big. And I don't know what to do. And so networking has a networking like a like you care (laughs) also matters to me a lot. Right. Right. I think that with something like that, it's a great point. So mathematically, there's not an answer because of the fact of the, you know, a thousand people is different than a hundred, which is different mm-hmm. than a million. So there's not a mathematical answer to that. I think, I think the, the conversation is, it's a little bit like, and again, if you don't mind just indulging, it's a similar problem that uh, large churches face where they're like, hey, you know what, I've got this little thing, and then it's like, boom, 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 boom. I can't connect with as many people as I want. Well, the answer, what they do is they actually break it out into small groups. So maybe the answer for you is along a similar page from that book, you know, and and just for anybody who's listening. You know, maybe it's a conversation around having some smaller groups that you can, you know, maybe it's a newcomer's group. I'm just talking right now. Yeah, no, great idea. Or, Or maybe it's a, you know, whatever. Maybe it's I don't know off the top of my head, but I know that when you're trying to, for me personally, you know, what I do is I go, so I've got some folks a lot. I've actually got like 17,000 plus on LinkedIn, which isn't compared a lot compared to Dr. Meisner, who's probably got like, he's like, did you know that you could run out of people? I'm like, no. He's like, I, I just saw that problem the other day. I'm like, okay. So it's not, it's not up to his level, but it's, it's, it's the Meisner it's, it's, it's module. <laughs> right, right. It's not yeah. nothing either. You know, I, I, I'm not coming in yeah. there with, I've got some, I think, a little bit of game. And, and what, I, what yeah. I, I felt a similar kind of thing where it's like, geez, how do I kind of stay connected with these people? I'll tell you, what I started doing is I started hosting a virtual networking event. All right. Mm-hmm. So what I do is on LinkedIn, I, now I started off by doing it with clients and then I'm just going to start inviting people. So heading into this year, 2021, I'm going to start inviting people via LinkedIn and probably other social now that we're talking. And I'm going to be like, listen, if you want. Now for me, I'm going to have it for coaches, consultants, and speakers. Okay. So it's not just going to be every Tom, Dick, and Harry. I can't do that. But I'm going to, if coaches, consultants, and speakers, if you want to jump on, you can. Okay, it's a free deal. Um, well, it's actually not free. You have to have an invite from somebody who's already in so they can come free as your guest because we're not just having anybody just come in. And now suddenly you're out there, you're doing stuff. I feel like I could connect with people. We do a 20, 25-minute meet and greet. I got Deb here who's handling the, the uh, what do we call that? What do the kids call it? The, the, what is it when, on the DJ? With the ones and twos. 
she's handling she's handling the you know she's doing the networking with people and kind of captaining those different things she's meeting new people i'm meeting new people we do a little 20 minute presentation afterwards just for an education i did something on facebook ads uh this this past week and now i'm off to the races and i'm able to pick up and talk to some new people um, so that's another option that you can do. Maybe you hold me personally. I'm going to hold mine every – my U.K. friends are all about the fortnightly. That was a fantastic little term because we like to say biweekly. Turns out we, what we mean to say is every other week. Biweekly is actually twice a week. Bimonthly is every other week. It's confusing. Fortnightly is a nifty little term that means every other week. So I'm going to hold mine every probably six to eight weeks-ish. I called it uh, fort-monthly-ish and, and go from there. So I really, really enjoy that, and I think that, that's going to, I think that that's going to work out perfectly. So I would say maybe take a page from the group of the, the church and do the small groups and or maybe hold a fort-monthly-ish networking <laughs> virtual event and do that. Now, how come you don't care that people want to copy what you do? How come I don't care what? I'm sorry. What, that people want to copy what you do. How do I not care? Why does that not bother yeah, me? Well, yeah, why do, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of a fun question. Like, yeah, <laughs> phrased funny, phrased intentionally like that. Because some people yeah. really get bothered that they're copied or, you know, in their space or whatever. So can, no. you, can, you, can you address yeah. that feeling that people have where they're like, no, this is mine. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Point number one, we are not living in a scarce environment, okay? Business and just people in general is not like one giant apple pie where if my piece is bigger, yours is smaller, okay? We live in an abundant mindset, or we should. We live in an abundant mindset where actually you can have the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. Sidebar, that's what leadership is. I talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Leadership is a conversation about making the whole of your group greater than the sum of its parts. If I don't have a manager of a team, if I don't have a leader of a group, if I can't expect that person over, say, a 12 to 18-month period, make the sum of that leader, make the sum of that team greater than, uh, the, make the sum of that team greater than the sum of its parts, I can't do that, then I have a leadership problem. I'm the wrong person. Okay, the whole needs to be greater than the sum of its parts. That's point number one. It's about abundance. Point number two is that it's also about pay it forward. Okay, it's about being able to push that forward in a way that you feel comfortable in having it come back. I'm going to go back into the law of attraction because I'm all about that. It's about paying it forward. It's not about quid pro quo. It's about paying it forward in a way where it's going to come back to you. That's the whole point. We call Dr. Meisner tonight. Somehow we get his cell number. We call him tonight. What would he say? We'd say, listen, what is it that's the, your secret with networking? I don't want to speak for him. I'm not trying to speak for him. But I think what he would say is that it's all about a sense of community and, and togetherness and moving forward. Okay, so it's about abundance. And then point number three is, by the way, it's not all ours anyway. It never was. Okay, so now we're going spiritual for a second. It never was ours. It's not all ours. It's always us. And one of the things I talk about with Deb, you know, we talk about relationships. This was a key point for me in relationships, just understanding it. Relationship is a conversation about you, me, and us. There's you and what you want. There's me and what I want. And in any kind of relationship, there's this us component. There's this idea that, listen, you know what? We need to do something for the better of the team. The who? The team. Is it better for me? No. Hold on. Who's it better for? Us. So better for me? No. Us better for us to be able to have this situation. It's better for us to be able to have this agreement. It's better for us to have this process, this arrangement, this way of doing things. And the same thing is true in the, in the body politic. When you're going out with your business, when you're going out doing stuff, you have to think in terms of what's in it for us as well. And here's the best part. When you put it out there, it comes back. It comes back. And it always comes back towards your betterment if you put it out there the right way. Love it. Okay, we have 10 minutes left. <laughs> sure. We, we're on an hour, and I, th- I thought we were going to do 30 minutes, and I don't want, I don't want to hang up. 
um, which is a huge problem for me as a podcaster. And everybody knows that I totally dislike ending shows. Um, it's hysterical. So when we get to the end here, just feel free to just hang up and be like, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I'm done. I got to go. Done. Um, okay. We, I, I want to talk about public speaking, but I also, you keep referencing Deb and I want to pull in Willow and Nero and Baxter as well too. Yeah. Um, because you know, you have a support crew. Yeah. Yeah. They are definitely, um, Deb and I, obviously, we are together. She is a transformational coach. Deb Dowdy is her name. Um, she is a life and transformational coach as well as a rest <laughs> practitioner, um, and she does a lot of good things. The, the, the great thing about her professionally is that she has a conversation with people about what, you, what the mind forgets intellectually, the body remembers emotionally, and what happens is Ooh. we hear a lot of people have challenge. Yeah, when you hear a lot of people have challenge about getting out of their own way, it's usually because there's something that took place in their childhood, okay, that allows it to just kind of siphon in. And in our childhood, all the way up to the age of nine, we believe just about everything we're told. We actually believe that. So imagine if you had somebody, let's say through good faith, just tells you something that's not right, all right? And then what ha- it's my fault, or it's this, or you shouldn't, or whatever the case may be. Well, we carry that into our 20s, our 30s, our 40s. We forget. We don't have no idea. So what Deb does is she'll go in there, and she'll just get, take care of some business. It's not hypnotherapy. People are like, well, does this mean I'm like Sigmund Freud? No. What happens is she goes through virtually, she'll talk with people, she'll unlock some of that, and as a rest practitioner, she will vibrationally be able to figure out what that is, we call that a stress statement, and then unlock some of that. It's been terrific. I've personally done it. Um, You know, it's something that for me, people I know have done it. It's something that has really, really helped. Um, As far as Baxter, Nero, um, we like to call him Count Nero because he's a small dog and that helps his confidence. So with Nero, we have, he's, uh, I want to say 10 years old and Baxter, we just got, he is two years old. Baxter is a boxer hound, which means he spends an inordinate amount of time with his head to the ground when walking. And Nero is a oversized Pomeranian, which means that he is slightly larger than Willow, our oversized cat. I love it. Thank you. It sounds like we're going to have to have all of them on. But no, I think that's exactly if we could corral them. Well, what I've been. I'll tell you what I've been trying to do. So I do a lot of working out, especially during the outbreak. You know, you're at home. I've been trying to requisition Baxter into some type of, like, makeshift squat exercise. You know how you see those CrossFit guys, like, go up and down with, like, 78 pounds of charcoal up this hill and down again? Well, I was trying to figure out how I could do that with Baxter because he's, like, 70 pounds. But he doesn't sit long enough, so I I don't know. I can't, you know. We'll try. <laughs> Super funny. Um, oh, I, I think Deb sounds phenomenal. If she ever wants to come on the radio show or write an article or whatever, or join you in the thought leader group, whatever, that, that's an amazing. Um, can you, would you repeat that for me, too? I wanted to make sure I had that written down. What, did you say sure. what the mind forgets intellectually, the, oh, yeah. the, mind, okay. the body okay. remembers? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what she talks about, so it's Deb Dowdy, and I will definitely pass that along. How do you spell that? D-O- How do you spell last name? D- okay, okay. D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. Deb cool. Dowdy. Okay. Hi, Deb. And, um, and she is a, like we said, transformational life coach and rest practitioner. All right, what that means is that the mind forgets intellectually yeah. what the body remembers emotionally. Oh, that is good. I yeah. really like and that. That's, that's you changing com- right there. And w- it is, it is. And when you combine that with the notion that when you go, you know, scientists, and the person who told me this other statistic was uh, Doreen Ritchie. She's actually out in Belfast. And she's like, what you, as a kid, you are all the way up to the age of eight or nine. So don't quote me on that, but something like all the way to the age of eight or nine, you know, I'm sure it's diminishing. So it starts at one maybe and then goes down, but you know, all the way up to age eight or nine, everything that you hear, it's like a sponge. It's like an open book. So all you have to do is just get some bad information. It doesn't have to be like, you know, your parents are doing going, they just make a good faith mistake. Like they're not perfect. And they just continue no. to make a good faith mistake. And then that's how you get things that, that get in your way. And that's how you wind yeah. up 
getting in your own way. Like for me, I was having a fear of success. I actually, growing up with my parents, I learned that uh, being successful was about hard work. And that is true, Brian. Hold on. What do you mean it's not about hard work? It is true about hard work. But what I, the problem was I equated success with this uh, like, almost like a trip to the gym, where if you're not really working hard, and going through <laughs> and all of the that waist. stuff. The lunk, the lunk right? alarms going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. If you're not just going absolutely, you know, getting after it the whole time, that somehow you're slipping. And it turns out that is not true. And, and it's actually, by the way, sidebar, not true in the gym either. You actually don't need to be there for an hour. You need to be doing high interval trainings for 20 to 30 minutes at the most. But anyway, when you're going and doing some of the stuff on the work side, no, you don't have to be busting tail for 60, 50 hours a week. No, you don't have to be, you know, going until 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do work out quickly. I'm actually going to do a 20-minute Tabata when we're done. But, no, you don't, have to do, you don't have to do all of those kinds of things. You know, and for me, and for me, what I did, this gets to the overachieve without overcommitting, which dovetails with success. I create a high-priority list of high-impact things that I want to do. I might write down six or seven things on a junior legal pad, six or seven things that are high-impact on my business. So let me look at what I got right now. One of them was I need to organize my CRM. Another one was that networking event. Another one was you, actually. I needed to take care of some stuff with this podcast. (laughs) Another one was, um, let's see here, I needed to, oh, Facebook ads, right, so I, that's yeah. like five or six things. I've got like five or six things on here. So what happens is those are directly correlated with the movement of my business. And throughout the days and the, and the week, I cross those off. I don't get bogged down in email, but I do have to do some email. I do have to do some other stuff, but I boom, 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 boom. So at the end of the day, success is less of a conversation about this you know, 25-mile marathon run, like in the – you ever see those, like, triathletes, at the, like, on ABC at the end, like it's 7 o'clock at night in Hawaii and the cameras are leaving and the guy finally finishes? It doesn't have to feel like that. It turns yeah. out that if you want to – I'm a morning person. It turns out that if you get up first thing – I got up at 5.30 this morning. If you get up – and you don't have to do that, 6, 6.37, you get up first thing and you get after it, Brian, I thought you said you don't get after it. No, you get after these important things. Then 2, 3 o'clock, you can get your groceries from Instacart, do a 20-minute Tabata, and be eating Chunky Monkey ice cream after you air fry the French fries with the new air fryer you just got a week ago. You can do Beautiful. that, and it still yes, works out. Yes, you can. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, you know, I hear over and over again, I'm a, I'm a big morning person too, um, yep. that, you know, when you do that, when you do get up in the morning, it's it kind of sometimes can be quiet. It can be um, yep. just room to breathe and think and so forth. And then Great sometimes point. by the time two or three rolls around, I actually am like, oh, I might even take a nap. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. I have like time I'm for like, myself here. I've, I've conquered the day. Here's my nap. Oh, it's like check, please. Check, please. <laughs> yeah. And and I'll add one other thing to that. Toddler. Which I just my toddler time. I, just one other thing real quick that I would add to that that I've been yeah. putting in my routine. I got this from Ben Greenfield. Um, he is a biohacker. Um, what he talks about is if you can, now not everybody can. I understand. We don't have kids. Her kids are out. They are um, out in the bow. Ashley and Vanessa are in um, Salt Lake City, Utah, and out in Washington, respectively. But what we do, what I do, is I will get up and I will take a walk. I will do a 10-minute walk. I take the Baxtonian with me, and let me tell you what. You talk about clearing your head. I bring my phone with me. I go voice to text for any ideas that come, and that really sets my day off on the right foot. Perfect. Yeah, Baxtonian, he's cute. Um, All right. You know, I have just – I am going to end this show, actually. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm going to respect your time. Um, I – I am, you know, and I think I know why. It's because Brian's a thought leader on besteveryou.com, so completely know how to get a hold of him, and I'm not worried. Like, sometimes you have a guest on, and they're like, well, thanks, it was great being on, and you don't hear from them ever again. And so we have access to Brian, and I'm so, so excited for everybody to actually, like, have access 
to you through Best Ever You, our audience and so forth. If you don't already know, they don't already know you, they're going to, and it's going to be so much fun because I, this is great information and I love it because it's actionable. So powerful when you have a guest on and you can actually learn and take action. So thank you for that. Right. Um, Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's, it's been wonderful. Um, So everybody, you can go to brianhilliard.com. Um, and then tell me your Facebook group again. I'm joining that. That's, oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. I, I, I kind of botched it a little bit. Yeah, it's being able to how to expand your reach and get your message out to a wider audience. So the URL actually is Facebook group, facebook.com slash yeah. groups slash reach wider, reach okay. wider audience. And it's perfect if it's you are a coach or a consultant or even a speaker who is looking for some ways to be able to, to your point, Elizabeth, break through the noise, get out and bub, and get beyond your local network because you feel like maybe that you're the best-kept speaker in town or you feel like you're trying to just up-level in general or maybe you just feel like, boy, you know what, I've got all these irons in the fire. What's the next best step for me to do to pull all this together? We've got a thriving community over there. I enjoy it. People tell me they like it too. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for being on the Best Ever You show. It was really great to have you. And thank you you. um, so much to Dr. Ivan Meisner, right? And our thoughts and love and prayers and everything are with him and his family. Um, So, yeah. How's that? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you being here. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.